When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cavalry Audio. Hello, beautiful people. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we definitely appreciate all the love and feedback that we've received. Uh, again, please email us with your questions because uh, we love looking at these things and answering them. So today we're doing a series which really is going to cover each decade and what can, uh, what should and can be done for maintenance purposes and to improve the way we look. But today's kind of fun and people may say, all right, 20s is a little too young for things. But again, I think our main focus in aging has shifted from treatment to prevention. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. And so, you know, obviously you're in your 20s. And so we're going to pretend this is a normal consultation. You come in, you say, all right, what what can we do? Um, and sometimes you'd say, these are the things that bother me or potentials. You look at your parents, some things that you wish to avoid, and we'll kind of give you some options. And interestingly, I the one thing that I think John and I both talk to patients, people really at your age between in their 20s, they get really caught up with trying to look a certain way. And pseudo celebrities or, or celebrities have now, and filters have really changed the way people look at themselves. And even though, even with the pandemic, now you've been on Zoom for a long time, you keep looking at yourself, people are very caught up with looking a different way, whether they want to like, like John talked about on a different podcast, having a fox eye um, at the age of 20 or having really raised eyebrows or really big lips or an upturned nose or really changing your appearance significantly. And the one thing I do want to say with this episode is we're not here to change your appearance. We want to just give you the best you. And some of the things that can be done or that are done by others that we don't do can actually prematurely make you look a lot older. And I like saying that with putting filler in the face, by doing it a little too early, it can actually do the opposite. And it can make you look like you've had stuff done and make you look older. And over time, you'll be chasing and trying to make yourself look younger again. So before we start that episode, I kind of wanted to throw that in because it's something we've noticed a lot. And we as experts and as plastic surgeons that are board certified, we really like to guide you on this path starting very early so those things don't happen. So we don't have to reverse it over time, but instead we help you maintain it. So mm -hmm. we're just going to ask you, 
if we said what's wrong with this perfect face, what is it that bothers you? <laughs> what is it that you feel like over the last five years, let's say, you feel like has changed a little bit? I would say um, mainly when I was younger, teenage years, I had more acne. So I feel like my face is a little bit discolored sometimes or I just want to brighten my skin up. And then as for the whole social media trend thing, especially during the pandemic, you would think that you don't see people, you're not self-conscious, but you're on your phone more. You see these celebrities, influencers doing things to their face and it makes you pick apart yourself and it's sad. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten my lip filler done before. Mm -hmm. And there's certain times when I'm like, maybe I should do this. Like, how else can I improve myself? So more, I would just like to know how to improve my skin tone and what to know to do, what not to do, actually. Yeah, and, and again, sometimes what not to do is just as important as yeah. to what to do. I'll, I'll have Dr. Lakey kind of start with, with what we can help with. Just first, we'll start treating acne, and then we'll talk about actually treating the potential causes of acne acne and acne scarring and discoloration and, and different things that it does to your skin and how we can help with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for all of the listeners out there who are saying, all right, she's in her twenties, uh, you know, what can we do to, to possibly help or improve? You have to imagine that we lose 1% per year of collagen and, and elastin around the age of 18. So imagine you're in your twenties, we've already lost 5%, 6%. Um, and it doesn't really show a whole lot yet, but the whole goal of this is we'd love for you to look great into your fifties and sixties. Whereas right now we are treating people in their fifties and sixties. Um, and so the, the idea is when we can stimulate collagen and clear skin and give you a smooth tone to your skin, um, that's going to last much longer because we're essentially making up for some of the collagen and elastin that you're losing. So one of the things that you had mentioned was that you had previous acne. Now, causes of acne, hormones, our diets, uh, environmental factors, things that we put on our skin. Um, and so I think one of the first things that we should do is really look at an appropriate skincare regimen. So whether male or female, usually in your 20s, skin is still a little oily, um, you know, and that's something that wanes as we age. But the idea is that we want to balance the skin as best we can. Now, obviously, outside of a good cleanser and a sunscreen, we need some things in between there. And so let's say you're on a limited budget. What's the one thing that I would use? Uh, I would say that we want to just a, a light moisturizer, something that can be used on the skin. Isn't going to be too oily. The, you know, it doesn't have, it's not high in silicone, which means that when you put it on your skin, it sits on the outside and 10 minutes later, you still feel greasy. You want something that when you put on your skin 10 minutes later, it feels dry. That's a good, the sign of a good moisturizer. Now, which ones are out there? There are several different lines. Obviously, uh, you know, we look at all the different lines. IS Clinical has a line. Um, you know, for us, we have Beverly Hills MD, where our uh, regenerating, uh, regenerative uh, rose stem cell moisturizer, something that's going to be light, doesn't have heavy perfumes or things that can irritate the skin. And that's something that I would start there. If for some reason you say, well, listen, I, I want to go that extra mile. 
Then we want to add a vitamin C serum. That tends to brighten the skin. And so what you had talked about is some of the pigmentation issues and variations in skin, uh, skin tone. The vitamin C will help brighten the skin. It, uh, vitamin C is also a cofactor in producing collagen. So the idea is uh, that that will be an essential part of a skincare regimen. Now, uh, you know, the question is whether a retinol is too soon in a 20-year-old. Uh, you know, I don't think so. I mean, the whole idea behind acne is usually... In males, most of the time, it's because we don't wash our faces enough. And so those dead cells that stick on the outside of the skin tend to layer up, become very thick, and then they block uh, the, the pores. In females who, you know, rigorously wash their face, but at the same time put on makeup, foundation, things that also can plug the pores depending on the quality of that particular uh, product. So the whole goal is, you know, again, we want to add a retinol, which will help cellular turnover. And so it tends to get rid of some of the blockages in certain uh, pores. So right off the bat, we've got your our appropriate skincare. Now we really want to do something at least on an annual basis, if not a quarterly basis. And that's something that's uh, uh, known as a facial. Now, there are all kinds of different facials. Some involve extractions, which can be very uh, damaging to the skin. Sometimes, you know, just using our nails to pull out some of the comedones or blackheads or things like that, um, you're actually pushing some of the dirt and debris deeper into the skin and it causes inflammation. There is something called a hydrofacial. And uh, it is almost a vacuum-assisted device that, it, you know, unplugs some of the comedones or the blackheads and, and pores, things like that, and then forces hyaluronic acid into them. So coming out of that hydrofacial skin is nice and clean, and they can show you how much debris actually comes out. It's actually pretty disgusting. Um, you know, and these are for people who have just washed their face, uh -huh. and it'll show you how much, you know, plugged dirt and oil and things like that can be removed from the skin. And then we replenish it with something that hydrates and that is hyaluronic acid. And ultimately what he's talking about, acne is just caused by bacteria. Um, so the, the cleaner your face is, the less likelihood that you're going to have acne. Now, with that said, you can clean your face a billion times, but if you're prone to acne and it's something that's a hereditary problem, it'll be there. Um, and, the, and the problem is when you're in your teen years, you take care of it and, 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 it, and it is a problem. But later on, if that acne isn't treated properly, it can lead to scarring. Could lead to discoloration, and it could actually lead to contour irregularities of the face, or, or you know, some of it. Sometimes it's called pitting acne um, scars because of people that have picked them, um, and those are very hard to treat. So, whoever's listening, if you're if you're younger and you're in your teen years, um, you know, please don't pick your face. Uh, Dr. Lakey already said picking at your face is probably one of the worst things you can do because it can cause scarring. And as a plastic surgeon, I'll tell you, it is one of the hardest, hardest, hardest things to treat. It doesn't matter if you use the strongest laser, getting your face to be completely resurfaced and be really smooth again after you have acne scarring is very difficult. Virtually impossible. Absolutely. This is Dr. John Lakey at Forever Young. Hope you're enjoying the show. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break.
You know, what I would say is this, for those of you who have current acne right now, um, I definitely would enlist a physician to help monitor and care for you, whether it's a dermatologist, plastic surgeon, someone who knows skin very well. And it may be that you have to start on an antibiotic, minocycline or doxycycline. It may be that you have to get on a certain regimen. One of the things that I really like, and again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to push anyone one way or the other, but um, there are certain systems or kits that really have a type of acid on a peel pad that uh, you can wipe over the skin, essentially hydrolyzes and dissolves some of the uh, dead cells on the skin. And then, um, you know, you obviously use a cleanser. Some people use a benzoyl peroxide, which, you know, can uh, dry up the skin. Um, But again, you want to have it monitored by a physician because the last thing you want is to dry out the skin too much because what does the body do? try to make up for it and secrete more oil. So uh, there are other diff- other treatments. For those who have severe acne, that's when we talk about Accutane. Accutane, uh, you know, definitely has to be under the, the supervision of a physician that, it, you know, can be very toxic to the liver, but it can be amazing for uh, active acne and acne scarring, and it really helps uh, with cellular turnover. So those are also things as well. So, so far in our 20s, uh, to go back to your original issue, we are saying we need appropriate skincare regimen. That means uh, besides a gentle cleanser and sunscreen, and again, sunscreen, you also have to be careful. Um, if, if you have very oily skin, they do. there are companies out there that sell a powder form, and so that can wick up some of the, the moisture. Um, but at the same time, uh, it will protect the skin. So outside of a gentle cleanser and a sunscreen, we want a vitamin C serum, a light moisturizer, and a retinol solution. Those are the three things that I keep saying over and over and over to any basic skincare line um, or or regimen. The second thing, we want to have a professional type of facial. So, you know, and and sometimes you can buy kits and and do them at home, but uh, the idea is even go to get a facial, see what they do and follow those steps. There are reasons why, um, you know, there's warm towels, which are opening the pores. There are certain uh, products that are almost like, uh, you know, light acids that are chewing up some of those dead cells. And then there are certain, uh, you know, different layers that go onto the skin that are cool and soothe the skin and then hydrate at the very end. If you can do those things at home, um, you know, or at least see how it's done and replicate that, then that's completely fine. You can do that on a monthly basis. Um, but the idea is you should at least see how it's done properly first and then try to uh, emulate that. Are there any other yearly maintenance things you would recommend? Because I've heard like that Botox, you should maintain that. What is the proper age that you should start doing that? Is it preventative or should you start it once you start having the wrinkles? Excellent question. And uh, the idea behind it is that the the earlier you start, the, the longer uh, it will take for you to develop deep lines and wrinkles. So really, you're right. For you, it's not treatment, it's preventative. Do we start in our 20s? I think it's an appropriate time um, because really it's, you know, people say, oh, you don't have any wrinkles. Well, of course not. 
I mean, you haven't had the 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 time of uh, contracting those facial muscles, you know, to create those creases, to lose the amount of collagen that's necessary to create those little breaks in the skin. And the goal is to prevent those from ever happening. You know, can you imagine starting in your 20s and not having any wrinkles in your 50s? This is possible. And so the whole goal. Now, do you need a full dose that, uh, you know, someone in their 30s or 40s may? No. I would say start off slow. You still want facial movement. We just want to eliminate some of the natural resting tension of the muscles. That's it. And you may not need it in every area that we put it in. You know, you could put Botox in a lot of different areas. Um, What I like to normally tell people when we first started practice, we'd have these Botox parties and and Dr. Lakey... um, at the time was dating his wife and his wife was, I think, 22, three, whatever. She was very young and she'd bring her friends and they'd all line up, you know, it was like playing darts, um, <laughs> but with Botox. And some of them you'd see, let's say it was a 23 year old across the, across the board. Some of them would have significant wrinkles and some of them wouldn't have any, but they wanted to be a part of the party too. So you'd really kind of would adjust each person's dose accordingly. For example, raise your eyebrows for me. Do you have Botox in? No. Uh, (laughs) And frown for me and smile for me. Now, in my opinion, I would tell you that you don't need anything yet. I'd say hold off. Now, we're very conservative as well. I'm not somebody that puts in three syringes of, of, of filler in someone's lips ever. It's all very, very conservative. I don't see you even making expressions that are forming any wrinkles. So I would say maybe let's hold off for a year or two and have you revisit it. Um, Because sometimes it is it's a little pointless to put in something that's not necessary. But like Dr. Lakey said, the earlier you start, the better, because you really prevent forming those wrinkles. Now, that does not mean that if you have wrinkles, you can't kind of push back the process. I had really bad wrinkles in my forehead. I barely have any now because I started using Botox and it prevented me continually making those wrinkles to make them worse. And they're kind of regressing over time, which is nice. That's my first thing. The second thing is, you know, I would really avoid putting filler in a young girl's face. I just would. It's my thing. A lot of people want those super high cheekbones. And the problem is it does change the way you look. Now, if it's something you're really looking for, different story. But that's, in, in my opinion, I would stick to just skincare prevention with sunscreens and facials and using the prop appropriate skincare. Um, and you know, also taking care of yourself, making sure you don't smoke, making sure you don't sit out in the sun because those types of behaviors lead to premature aging. There are two, uh, recently popular procedures that I would consider avoiding when you're in your twenties. Um, I know one of them is called an upper lip lift. And uh, the whole idea behind that, the filtral columns, which is the distance between the base of the nose and the top of the lip on Cupid's bow, uh, sometimes people say they want more tooth show. And they undergo this procedure where uh, a scar is made directly all the way under the nose and we lift up that lip. Um, Now, there are two things that you have to think about when you undergo this type of procedure. Um, especially at a young age. Now, do I do it with my facelifts that are in their 50s and 60s? Yes, definitely, uh, if it's necessary. In our 20s, remember the fact that you've got all of this healthy collagen. And sometimes it means that our scars can look a little angrier. 
um, just because of uh, the certain type of cell that causes that contraction and a scar that looks red and inflamed all the way under the nose is one of the most difficult things to hide. You've then committed yourself to a visible scar and it, even the ones that heal extremely well, it's very, very rare that you can't see some little edge. Now, uh, again, when we're older in our 50s and 60s, sometimes they heal a lot better. But when you start doing this when you're young, you have now committed yourself to wearing cover-up and makeup all over that area for the rest of your life. The second procedure, and this one can be debated because certain faces can benefit from it. This is called the buccal lipectomy. Removing face. So everyone who looks in the mirror and you kind of suck in your cheeks a little bit, do the Zoolander, that is your buccal fat. And uh, that can become uh, very important as we age. You know, all of the fat in the face is important as we age. And we lose uh, certain bits of it in different areas at different rates. If you have a relatively genetically full face, then you can benefit from a buccal lipectomy. And sometimes we even remove just half of it because removing just a small amount internally can have the perfect impact on the outside. Removing the entire buccal fat pad, uh, especially on someone who's in their 20s, you can look great now, but once you're 40, you look extremely gaunt. And so the whole idea is to do, you know, these are our... Uh, conversations that need to be had with your surgeon to make sure that they are A, aware of these, and B, that they're looking long-term. So, uh, you know, again, very popular procedures, but those are two that I may stray away from unless, uh, you know, again, someone has a very full face and we want to remove some of that uh, buckle fat. We hope you're enjoying this episode. If you'd like more information about our practice, you can check out our Instagram. It's Plastic Stocks, P-L-A-S-T-I-X-D-O-C-S on Instagram for more information. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. What are the questions you have for us? What is it? What are things that concern you? Um, you know, as going forward, that you'd like us to kind of answer. Yeah, and you can add even some TikTok trends, some of your girlfriends or guy friends. You know, questions that they all have. These are all things uh, that we can answer. I think mostly just to inform viewers around my age of the dangers of doing things early. You mm-hmm. know, I said earlier. You know, I got my lip filler. I just did it. I didn't think of anything. And like, as time goes on, you know, I've noticed it's migrated, things like that. And I think a lot of young people don't inform themselves on the dangers of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the, and the big problem with this is, is that the regulatory um, mechanism that's put in place in the United States is, is very kind of lax. So anyone can put lip filler in. It could be Honestly, I mean, it could be any type of nurse, any doctor. It doesn't have to be a cosmetic surgeon, which I don't even know what that means. It doesn't have to be a plastic surgeon, a dermatologist who has real training in the anatomy and knows the problems. It just basically is like, here's a syringe of filler. 
here's a lip and just stick it in there and go from there. There are issues. There are a lot of issues and people aren't trained properly to do it. The problem is, and, and there's little, you know, med spas all over town, all over the country that are doing it. Um, and all it is, is yes, you want to have bigger lips? Sure. I could do it for you. Problem is, like you said, no one talks about the fact that it could migrate, that it could become a big problem in the sense that it goes into areas like the mucosa. And then you have little outpouching pockets of filler that sometimes is impossible to get rid of. So everything that you do, whether it's surgical or non-surgical, carries risks and benefits. And it should have the appropriate person that sits down with you and says, hey, listen, this is what we're going to do. These are the things that might happen that might not. Now, most people get these things done and nothing happens and they're happy and they go on with their life or they hate it and they dissolve it. But that small subset there's a big problem sometimes and you can't fix those things. Your lips look great and you look pretty and you're fine. Thank God, you know, but that other person that isn't has to go to 10 other people and that $500 syringe of filler or whatever it is ends up costing thousands of dollars to fix. So really I would, I would hold off. And sometimes what it does filler, imagine filler is exactly what it sounds like. It fills areas. So it does expand things and it does move around. So if you put filler in the cheeks, for example, there are muscles there. That every time you contract them, they can make the filler move and it can make you look prematurely older because it'll move into other areas of the face and even try to make it bigger or smaller. So I tell people, if you're 20 years old, don't get filler in your face. There's no need for it. You've got the perfect amount of collagen. You're 20, you're 25. Like people want to look like you. So in my opinion, I'd say, hold off. Don't get sucked into all the trends. Um, I know a lot of celebrities are making some of these, these things very, um, you know, make, makes you want, want to do them, but I would hold back because it can change the way you look. And then it's much harder to get that appearance back mm-hmm. yeah on tiktok one of the trends i've been seeing is um like the botox and the master muscles mm-hmm. do you guys have anything to like say about that is it worth it well because I, I personally <laughs> suffer from lock jaw sometimes so i was thinking about it but then i see like these horror stories of people that like like my smile's crooked now or so things like that it shouldn't make your smile crooked now botox in the jaw is 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 an amazing place to put Botox because what happens is the masseter muscle on some people is so strong that it can literally cause Break you teeth. breaking your yeah. teeth in half. And I've done that and I, and I get it. Okay. And, and if you, you just literally have to put your finger right in the side of your face right here and bite down and you can feel it. You see that? And that's your masseter muscle bite down and it comes out. Some people have very prominent masseters. Now it can really help for lockjaw, for TMJ. It can help for grinding. We have dentists and oral surgeons that refer people to us all, all the time to put some in there because they're breaking caps. They're breaking their teeth. It's got really some functional, uh, good functional uses. Um, it can also slim the face really common in Asia very common because it's much rounder face and they want a much slimmer face. So when done properly, it should never affect your smile. It has nothing to do with the muscles of the smile of, of your smile. So that's exactly what we talk about. Go to the person who knows what they're doing. If it's something that bothers you, for example, you feel like you're grinding your teeth. You feel like you have constant headaches. You have lockjaw. You want a slimmer face. At a young age, you can do that and you can get you know, Botox in your masseters. And I think it's a great way to, to not only fix the problem of 
of grinding, but also slim down the face. So that's, that's a great option, but it shouldn't affect your smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, again, I think, you know, when we look at your age group, the idea of less is more has never been so true. You know, can we introduce Botox? Yes, I think it's appropriate in the 20s. Uh, you know, obviously we talk about, uh, you know, the appropriate skincare. Um, one thing, listen, if we are treating uh, acne, obviously we can move into something that is a little more, uh, not invasive, but would m- maybe have a little bit more downtime. That's talking about light chemical peels, um, using some of our lasers to our advantage, meaning we're resurfacing some of the the skin. Uh, you know, Pico Four laser has no downtime and can help resurface the skin just a little bit for those who have just that little bit of acne marbling um, that leads to pigmentation issues and things like that. So, those are where we reserve those treatments. Um, and we sometimes love, we love microneedling. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a lot less invasive than a laser. There is lots of data behind it that it really helps with collagen production and helps scarring. And it's something you can do in your 20s that's natural. If you really think about it, we're not putting any any alternative heat source or energy source or anything else that can cause other issues. So all we're doing is microneedling and you can use platelet-rich plasma, which is PRP, which is known as the vampire facial by some people. It's a great way to get that glow up. Um, and it's very natural. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. And even at an earlier age, now I just wouldn't do it to do it. If you do have some acne scarring or some residual pigmentation issues, it might be a really easy and simple natural way to treat it. Is there any downtime after doing that? Is your face- For about a day. A day, just a day. Yeah, you're a little red for about a day. You know, and then and then you may be pink for another day, but it's not like a laser where you're, where you're, you're red for five to six, five to seven days. Yeah. And, you know, again, if we look at even the Pico 4 laser, there's uh, zero downtime. I mean, you've got 15 minutes of redness, if that, yeah. and, and that's something- that you would have to repeat several times. But the idea is we, we have options, um, you know, to improve the quality of the skin without that significant downtime. So do you have any recommendations for like at home peels maybe? You know, listen, yeah, here, uh, what I would say, the only system that I know, and obviously I'm biased, I, you know, we have something called resurface and restore. It's several different lighter acid peel pads, um, that you'll essentially, you know, put over your entire face. You feel a tingle. And then after about uh, a minute, you'll use this peptide milk to help neutralize it. And, uh, I, I, using that over the course of a month is almost like getting a, a regular chemical peel. So it's spe- especially helpful, you know, in our patients who have had acne, um, it, they absolutely love it. And I think it's a great way to brighten the skin because again, it's, it's almost like that retinol solution that's slowly getting rid of those dead cells. This is at a slightly more accelerated level. So, um, you know, if there, if you're looking for something, it has to be a kit that has light lactic acid, uh, you know, or citric acid or, um, you know, some of these things that, that can go onto the skin without causing inflammation. The other thing that we have to consider is when we look at the different skin types, and we can imagine someone who has no pigmentation, they're extremely white, redhead, uh, blue eyes, they're a, we call them a Fitzpatrick one. 
It goes all the way up to Fitzpatrick Six, which is an extremely uh, pigmented uh, African American individual, and there are multiple uh, you know levels in between. For people who are Fitzpatrick four, five, and six, we always have to worry that some of these treatments, microneedling, chemical peels, uh, any type of trauma or inflammation to the skin will cause further pigmentation. So the whole goal is for those particular individuals, we want to pre-treat them using something that gets the skin ready. You know, we often say we use something called Triluma. It's a hydroquinone, retinol, and a small steroid that essentially helps keep some of the redness and irritation at bay. But you that prepares the skin for several weeks, uh, and then you undergo the treatment, and we don't worry as much about pigmentation. But that's, you know, for those of you out there who are thinking of undergoing these treatments, and let's say, you know, you're Hispanic or Asian or uh, African-American, and you're thinking about doing these treatments, if you have not received any type of pretreatment regimen, and you're going to undergo microneedling or radiofrequency or something to that effect, you have to be careful because you're automatically at a higher risk for further pigmentation. So uh, hopefully that uh, And this is a known thing. Post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation is a big problem. And half the time this is a problem is because people are doing at-home stuff, at-home peels. Some, some of the stuff can be really very toxic to the skin. And if you don't go to somebody that knows what they're doing, you leave it on your skin for a little too long, it can cause lots of problems. So, you know, most of the time, and I, I, I'll, I'll say this to older individuals, but especially younger individuals, start out with a regimen that's kind of given to you by the proper type of provider and take it from there. And I think you'll be golden. What did we learn from this? Keep your skin clean. You can uh, start using Botox and that's more for preventative. We need a good skincare regimen. And, uh, you know, if you've already suffered from some acne or, or, or scarring or pigmentation or things like that, then there are some treatments out there. And this is really for all of you guys who are in your 20s. We're slowly starting to think about taking care of your skin for the long haul. Not saying that you have to do any major treatments, but things to start considering. And remember, guys, prevention is the cure, basically, if you mm. think about it. If you prevent sun damage, if you prevent all these things, don't pick your face, you're never going to have to treat it. So getting rid of something that you've actually put on yourself, these, these, the damage that you have created is much harder than preventing it. Mm-hmm. Well, Nicole, thank you so much thank for you guys spending. Thank for having me on. Uh, of course, <laughs> and we appreciate your time. And hopefully, all of you guys in your twenties out there have learned a little something. You know, again, less is more. The idea is keep your skin clean, have a decent skincare regimen, and you can begin to think about Botox. Uh, one, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Daniel Poor. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. See you soon. From iHeartRadio, Forever Young is a Cavalry Audio Golden Hippo production. We are produced by Brandon Morgan. Josh Windish does our editing and mixing. Payment and I serve as executive producers along with Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.